What would you do if in one year you got hit with divorce, unemployment, becoming an empty nester, and being bedridden with a stress-related illness? Make sure to listen to this riveting episode where Jennifer Arthurton shares about her approach to how she reinvented herself when she turned 50. Welcome to the Courage to Be podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Vasayo. And each week, I will bring you amazing guests so that you can tap into the courage to break out of all patterns and live your soul's purpose. Before we get into this episode, if by the end you enjoyed it, please follow, rate, review, and share the podcast so we can reach more people. Because here's the thing, I'm on a mission to close the gender gap in the podcasting world so that more and more women's voices are heard. If you feel that this is something you value too, then please take action by rating, reviewing, following, and sharing the podcast. We can only do this together. Check out the link in the show notes to see how this is done. And make sure to stay until the end to claim some free gifts I have for you. Welcome, Jennifer Arthurton. How are you today? I am great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. And I want to talk about the topic of powerful in midlife. I want to hear a little bit, get you started with your journey of how you got unstuck and creating mm-hmm. an amazing next chapter for yourself. You know, like tell us a little bit of what did you have to go through to arrive at where you're yeah. at right now? Yeah. So I basically had to reinvent my life and actually myself at the age of 50. And all of that was in the year leading up to my 50th birthday, I found myself divorced, unemployed, an empty nester, and was bedridden with a stress-related illness. And it was like all of the identities of how I showed up in the world, like who I thought I was in the world were stripped away from me in what felt like overnight. Like it was in a period of months kind of leading up to my 50th birthday. And I realized that if I wasn't a mom, if I wasn't a corporate executive, if I wasn't a wife, at the time I was like a gym rat too, I basically couldn't get out of bed. I was so sick. And if I wasn't all of those things, who was I? Right. And I started this big, like seeking of be like, okay, who is Jennifer? Like, and I had no idea who I was. Like I would ask the question and I would get nothing back. And then I would ask myself, okay, well, what is it that like, what's next? Like, where do you go from here? And again, I had no answers. Like I did not know what was possible for me at the age of 50. And, you know, all of these, you know, cultural narratives were going through my head. Like, you know, you're 50, nobody starts over at 50, right? Like, you know, you're too old for that. Like you're supposed to be riding off into the retirement sunset, you know, on the arm of a handsome man carrying a pot of gold not my reality. And I kind of like, I internalized that and I beat myself up a lot. Like I compared myself to other, but everybody else and was like, how come everybody else has got their crap together? And I'm sitting here with my life literally in shambles. And, you know, I was like, there has to be something wrong with me. You know, looking back, I realized there was actually nothing wrong with me. It was, everything was right with me. And I realized that I had my whole entire life. I had been doing everything that I thought I should do. So, you know, go to school, get good marks, go to a good college, get married, have a kid in there, find a good job, work your way up the corporate ladder. And never had I ever checked in with myself to say, you know, does this make me happy? Is this what I wanted? Mm -hmm. And I was kind of living by these obligations of what 
I thought I was supposed to be doing. I was checking all of the boxes. And, you know, every once in a while, there would be this little voice along the way. You know, I, like I find myself, for example, in the boardroom, you know, in a meeting, and I'd be kind of tuned out of the meeting, and I'd be thinking to myself, is this it? Is this what I worked so hard for? Is this really my life? And then as quick as that thought would come up, I would push it down because I'd be like, okay, you got work to do. Um, and one of the reasons why I pushed it down is because there was no answer to that question. Like I was like, if it's not this making me happy, what is it? And I had no idea. And I realized, you know, after the fact, of course, that I had just, you know, in doing all of the shoulds and checking all of the boxes, right, that I had become completely disconnected from myself, right, mm -hmm. who I was, what was important to me. And that sent me off on a personal and spiritual development journey, really, to discover who I was, you know, and eventually I came to see it as, you know, this was an opportunity for me like the universe had actually given me a big gift and kind of taken me off a path that was obviously unsustainable because I was completely burnt out, like so fried that I couldn't get out of bed. And that the universe had given me an opportunity to recreate life on my terms, right? But I had to figure out what my terms were. What did I want? What made me happy? What's important to me, right? And it was a process of figuring out myself in order to you know, figure out who I was and what I wanted from my life. Wow. So many little things that I want to ask you along this way, because that is a lot. I mean, just about to turn 50. My husband just turned 50 this year and we've had this conversation before. I think it's brought up a lot for him. I'm not there yet, but I think it's been my husband. It's been several of close friends. You know, there's been just a lot of people in my world that this was the year that they turned 50. And now you're sharing this. And I'm curious, do you feel like men feel this in the same way? You know, that we're arriving at 50 and is this all there is to life? Like I have this narrative that I'd be, you know, going into retirement with the handsome man and the pot of gold, like you were saying, or do they have a different narrative? I think it happens for all of us because I actually think, not do I think, I mean, it was proved by Carl Jung, like this is a phase of psychological development. They call it generativity, right? And it's this period of life where you question like your legacy, like what am I leaving behind, right? Which then calls you into like, what am I actually doing now? Am I doing what I love? And I think so all of us as human beings have this, but I think for women, it's a special case more though so for men, because as women in our culture, we have been um, conditioned to see our value in what we do for other people. So, you know, mm. the fact that we have babies and we raise babies, you know, am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? You know, am I a good employee? And we're valued on all the things we do for other people. So when we reach the stage of our lives where things are shifting, like maybe our career's not as satisfying as it was once was, our kids are leaving home, you know, they need us, or at the very least, they need us less, right? We start questioning our value. I mean, and the other part of that is, you know, as women, our value is also on how we look. And this is also the, the time of life where even that's changing, right? Like our bodies, our faces, our hair, everything is changing. And so we're reaching this, this point where we start questioning our value. Right. And this is where the, am I too old? Like, I'm, am mm -hmm. I less relevant? Am I less valuable than I once were? I mean, of course, the answer to that is no, but we live in a culture that would have us believe that. 
So when we start thinking about the what's next, you know, in the next chapter, I feel like there's a bit of an extra hurdle for us as women to kind of be able to see our values separate from all the things we do from other people and what our bodies and faces look like, right? And to oh. find our power in like us, like what's inside of us, as opposed to all of the other things that we've used as our validity, you know, for our entire lives. This is, yes, you've said it so beautifully. And, but how do you go through something like this? You know, for those of us that haven't re reached menopause or I like to call them our wisdom years. What are you like calling them? I know you had a different term for it, Jennifer. Oh, I call them the maven years. <laughs> maven years. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. This has been a fascinating topic for me. I mean, obviously I'm in a different space. You know, I'm not divorced, empty nester. Like we all approach midlife or menopause or our maven years or our wisdom years, however you want to call it. Or if, there, if it's men listening to this, you know, you're going to approach it in a different way. We all approach it differently and we have different set of circumstances. It seems like your set of circumstances were pretty extreme. I mean, getting, you know, going through divorce, empty nester, corporate, you know, leave it, did you just leave the job you said, or you had just got, uh, got I mean, yeah, I was in a position where I was kind of forced to let, to leave. Yeah. So how do you navigate? I mean, that, and then having a health issue, I mean, what do you do with all that? I don't even know if many of us could even handle that amount. Some people, it's hard for them to just handle divorce or to become, you know, handle empty nester. But how do you deal with, where do you bring out that courage? You know, because this mm -hmm. is what it's all about. Yeah. How do you tap into that courage? How do you overcome the fears? How do you overcome the doubts that are yeah. arising for you? Well, I mean, the first thing I did actually is I threw myself a big old pity party for a long time, <laughs> like probably longer than I would care to admit. But, you know, and I really wallowed in it. And at the time I was kind of beating myself up, like, come on, you know, put on your big girl pants, get going. Now I recognize there was, what I was actually experiencing was grief. And I had to actually sit in that place and to grieve everything that I lost, to grieve who I thought I was. And, you know, it was a process of kind of letting that, come to the surface. And, you know, I had like, what I realized was, is I had like years and years and years of emotion, like stuffed into my body, right? Like, so I was so busy doing and achieving and checking all of the boxes that, you know, I didn't have time, but like, I don't have time for that. So like, we'll just stuff it down and we'll deal with that later. Well, you reach a point where you can no longer do that before it starts coming back out. It starts coming out sideways. Right. And I remember like going, you know, early on in my journey, going to a meditation. I had tried meditation before and decided that it didn't work for me because I was, my mind was too busy, but I felt compelled to go to this meditation. And when I'm sitting there in the class, there's like five of us and the teacher's taking us through this guided meditation. And as she's doing it, I start to feel this well of emotion start coming up. And I'm like, get it together, Jen, when I'm trying to push it down and trying to push it down and I can't stop it. And it literally just like spills over. And I walk out of the class, like I, you know, at the end of the class, everybody's sharing their experience of the meditation. And luckily the teacher bypassed me because I was just like sobbing so hard. I couldn't even speak. Right. So I left that class, like carrying two mittfuls of snotty Kleenex and like <laughs> mascara streaming down my face. And the teacher said to me at the end of the class, she didn't really say actually anything at all, except 
I have an eight week series coming up if you'd like to join. So before I even knew what I was doing, I said yes. And I signed up for this eight week meditation series. Every week for eight weeks, I went to that class and I sat on my mat and I would just cry. And somewhere in around like week three or week four, I was like, okay, I've stopped trying to control this because obviously I can't. And I just let it come. I just let it. And, you know, eventually I did stop crying. I think maybe before the last couple of classes, but it literally was an emptying out for me of everything that had been stuffed in my body. And I recognize now too, that all of that stuff, you know, not checking in with myself, not dealing with my own emotions, like all of that stuff that I had stuffed in, it was using an immense amount of energy. Like it was taking an entire, like so much energy for me to run my life. And I mean, hence the reason I got burned out. So it wasn't just work, it was everything else. And once I released that, it felt like space opened up inside of me and I could start to think a little bit clearer. I could start to feel. And one of the first things I did was to figure out, okay, what makes me happy? And I started with the tiniest little things that I could do, right? So like today, what would make me happy is to go, you know, for a walk in nature. And like, I was so burnt out at the time. Sometimes it would be a 10 minute walk and I would just sit under a tree, right? It was like, kind of like following this, like little nudges from inside that were like, okay, I feel like doing this today. You know, then I felt like writing. And so I just followed that urge and I would start writing. And then one day I felt the need to publish my writing, which old chicks no shit actually started as a blog where I was sharing my experience, right? I had no idea actually where I was going, but what I was doing for the first time in my life was listening to myself, right? That's so powerful. Instead of you know, checking all of the boxes of social obligation, I was actually being guided by what was coming from inside me. And I actually believe that, like with my whole heart, I believe that midlife is actually the most powerful point in our lives, right? It's a shift from everything that we need to do for everybody else. So in the first half of our life, it's all about building careers and families and homes and, you know, all of that type of stuff all outside of ourselves. And when we reach this, this next chapter, it's about refocusing from all of that stuff outside of us to what's inside of us, to what's true and important for us. And sometimes making that shift can be a little bit difficult. For me, I actually feel like it was a bit of a gift because I was forced into that place. Like I was forced to go inward because I had nowhere else to go. And it happened the way that it needed to happen to get my attention, honestly, because had that not happened that way, I don't think I would have made any of the choices, which I now know were a hundred percent the right thing for me. But to make the, to voluntarily make those choices would have been a very, very difficult thing that I'm not sure I would have been able to do. So I tell people all the time, your transition from outside to inside does not need to be anywhere near as dramatic as mine was. Like some, like they say, sometimes you get like a, a nudge, sometimes you get a wink. And if you're not listening, you'll get the brick in the head. Okay. Hello, brick in the head. <laughs> right. Um, but if we start paying attention to what's happening inside of us, like, how are we feeling? What do we need? What's important to us? That's what's going to guide us to this next chapter of our lives. And then that on top of all of the knowledge and wisdom and experience that we've included, we've acquired up to this point is a ridiculously powerful combination to set us forward into this next chapter of our lives. And that's why we see so many women in their fifties and sixties 
doing incredible things in their lives. Like so many women that I've interviewed on my podcast, it was like, I started following my own inner nudge and found levels of joy and fulfillment and passion and purpose that they didn't even know was possible and would not have been possible if they hadn't tuned into what was going on inside them. Wow. So beautifully said, you know, and what would you consider is midlife? Is it in your forties? Is it in your fifties? Like, do you have a time frame for that? I, I think it's kind of anywhere sort of 45 plus, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's different for everybody. For me, that big, old, you know, midlife awakening happened at 50, but somewhere in that frame, like let's say 45 to 55, you're in this transition. Like, I guess it's kind of the menopausal period of life, right? Like mm-hmm. where, you know, the physical disruption starts to happen. And in my mind, the physical disruption is a little bit of a pattern interrupt for us to be like, oh, hey, <laughs> things are not like they were. And maybe you need to think about, you know, doing some things differently because you, when you're in that hormonal disruption, a lot of things that you used to tolerate are just no longer tolerable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of shaking your foundation a little bit to get you to wake up and see that, you know, what there's other possibilities for you. There's a couple of things. I mean, you've said so many great things. There's a couple of things that I'd like to touch on which I thought were so powerful when you were saying, because I can identify with this and I know a lot of our listeners can too, with the busyness, with checking off all the boxes, all the shoulds, everything that's expected from us, from society, from our families, from our husbands, from our wives, from our friends, from our parents, from our, you know, like check, check, check. You know, like I've been the good girl. I've done everything that was required. I got the up the ladder, but then you stuff all those emotions and you're not really stopping to listen. What advice would you give to the busy souls, to the busy people that are still in that place to give them some, you know, like the breaks before they hit the burnout, before they hit the crisis? Really, it's about building a relationship with yourself right? And in order to build a relationship with yourself, like to connect in with yourself, you need to spend time just like you would with any other relationship, like get to know who you are, get to know what's important to you. Because for so many of us, you know, we end up last on our list, like the very bottom of our list where, you know, the cobwebs of the dust balls are that part you never get to. (laughs) That's where most of us are on our own lists. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, in order to start like tuning in, you know, to our own inner voice, which is so powerful, right? We need to start spending time with it. And so, you know, like I always say silence, stillness, and solitude, right? Like those are the three S's, right? And some Mm -hmm. combination of those three doesn't need to be all, you know, all three, but like carve out some time for yourself, whether it's three minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes or whatever is available to you and just spend some time with yourself. No book, no phone, no TV, no nothing. And it could be you know, sitting with your coffee in a silent house in the morning before the family gets up and literally just sit there. And like, you could ask yourself questions. You can see what thoughts come up. Like, how am I doing today? What do I need right now? Like, what's important to me, right? How do I want this day to go? Or it could be, you know, taking a walk in nature or it could be having a bubble bath or like whatever it is. Just spend some time and ask yourself some questions like as a place to start. Like, what do I need right now? What's making me happy? 
And I encourage all of my clients and the women in my community to maybe get a journal and write it down if that's your thing, right? And if you've never, like anybody who's journaled will say, oh yeah, I love journaling, right? But I, I fell out of the habit. And if you've never journaled before, I always just say, try it. Because sometimes putting things down on paper, not sometimes, I think always putting things down on paper, like giving them a place to live outside of your head and is incredibly powerful because then you can see it for what it is. And sometimes you might write down things that look like, you're like, where did that come from? It doesn't make any sense. And then one day you'll refer back to it and you'll be like, oh, I get it. You start to see themes and trends, right? Like you start to like give this inner voice a place to live. And just tuning into that, like even for, like I said, even if it's three minutes a day, even if you're sitting in the carpool lineup, you know, waiting and you've got three minutes, like, Put your hand on your belly, put your hand on your heart and just like breathe into that and see what comes up for you. Even if you take literally three deep breaths into your belly, that's a start. But it's just carving out these tiny little pockets of time and space for ourselves so we can hear what's happening inside of us. Because we all have a very empowered, important and powerful intuition. We all do right? And it's a question of whether we can hear it or not. No, oh, that's huge. And I do believe that when we do go into menopause, we, our intuition gets much more en enhanced. That's the word I'm looking for. So if you can start using these practices, I mean, those are just great, Jennifer. I love that the three S's again, it's silence, solitude, and stillness. And stillness. Yeah. Yeah. And what great tips, you know, some of these things I'm, I already have in practice, you know, like journaling, I tend to wake up about two hours before the family wakes up because I nice. need, I I'm craving it. You know, yeah. I just, I crave and my day starts out so much better when I have that connection to self, then if for some reason I had to wake up and it happened to me this morning, funny enough, as we're saying this, and I wrote it down in my journal because like you're saying, sometimes you're journaling and it's just nonsense stuff. You know, it's uncensored, but I woke up really early today, not on purpose. I don't wake up with an alarm, but in that first hour, I got sidetracked. I got sidetracked and see if I can remember. I normally start with, I make my tea and then I sit down and I start my meditation. I don't look at the phone, but I had a look at the phone for something. Oh, I know what it was. It was a friend of mine, colleague, client that sent me a tapping meditation. She's like, I'm part of this challenge. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. You know, I tuned in with myself. I'm like, maybe instead of just sitting and doing my regular meditation, I'll do the tapping one. Let me open up the app. And you can open it up. And I was like, okay, I have to turn on Wi-Fi for that. See, this is what the mind does to you. If you get, if you don't honor what Jennifer's saying, you know, like if you don't create that space and start your day with intention. So I opened up the app and when I had to log in, I didn't remember my password. I'm like, okay, forgot password. Now that's taking me to my emails. I don't want to look at emails anywhere before 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. even sometimes because I'm taking my daughter yeah. to school. And I'm like, oh God, this is dangerous. So I'm looking for it. And the email is not showing up for the forgot your password. And so I go into the junk folder. It's just comedic, you know, because it. I have to share this because we can easily get pulled out of that solitude Absolutely. of that stillness. 
And I go into the junk folder, into the spam to see if it's in there. And suddenly I see my VA has, you know, sent me all these emails to authorize ownership for files or something. So I start clicking on those and like 15 minutes have gone by. I just, I went down the rabbit hole. And when I come to look at everything and then one thing led to another, I tried getting in. I never got into the app and an hour went by an hour of my day got sidetracked. So for everyone that's listening, you know, like this is so powerful what Jennifer's sharing, you know, the three S's. And I know there's many people listening out there that I don't have the time. I don't have the time to wake up an hour earlier. I don't have the time to this. I want you to pay attention to your time because just me becoming aware of my time this morning, I lost an hour of my time. In a way, it was a gift because it made me realize how aware and how dangerous it can be for me to just open up one email to try and find a password. You know, like it just, it took me in a whole other direction. So yeah, that was kind of funny and that you're saying that right now, but I love the three S's. I wanted to ask you too, regarding you know, leading up to like, let's divide our life and, you know, like the first level or the first phase before midlife. And then the second phase, what can you share about the differences? You touched on it a little bit, you know, like, you know, getting a job, being a mom, being a parent, you know, yada, yada, yada. But what have you seen are the most powerful changes going from one stage to the other? Like for myself? for yourself and that you could suggest for anyone that's stepping into it or maybe anyone that's already in midlife, but they're just kind of, they've thrown the time. They're like, no, I'm done. You know, my life is over. Yeah. So for myself and, you know, I, and you just alluded to this, right. And I see this like with my clients, this notion that we don't have time, right? Like, I would get up out of bed and, you know, at the time I worked for a global company, so it could be literally 24 seven. Like there was always an email in my inbox and I would literally, my feet would barely be on the floor before I've looked. And I've seen, even if I didn't open the emails, I just like opened my phone. I saw this like list of emails and I would immediately go into response mode. Right. Or like, I'm like, okay, now I'm stressed and, oh, I've got all these emails that I have to, and I'm literally like, my feet have barely touched the floor and my blood pressure is like elevated and I'm in the go, 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 go mode. So it would be like, you know, make a coffee, you know, sit down, you know, start thinking about my responses to these emails or responding to them. And then, okay, what else do I have to do? And before I know it, I'm like, literally my day hasn't even, like, I haven't even set foot in the office yet. Right. And I'm already like my stress level is up. I'm in busy mode. My mind is just racing about all the things that I have to do, you know, for the day. And when I finally learned that, you know, I was giving from a depleted state, right? Like I was acting out of a sense of duty and obligation, which is actually energy depleting, right? To, you know, now understanding that like I have to fill my cup first right? Like I have to be like centered and grounded in me and what's important for me so that I can give the best to whatever it is that I'm going to do. And on the days that I wake up, and this still happens, there are days where I wake up and I'm like, I got to get going. As soon as I feel that feeling, I'm like, that is more reason than ever why I have to pause and actually sit down and do the meditation and do the journaling. And sometimes it takes every ounce of strength I have to say, okay, 
I know you're really busy, but you are going to carve out 15 minutes, like to just sit and to just be and like, let everything kind of come down. Right. Because mm -hmm. if you have grounded yourself and, you know, like if you're not centered in who you are and what you want out of that day, that day will run you. You will not be running that day. So taking that time to like tune in, what do I need? What's my intention for this day? How do I want this day to go? Is incredibly powerful thing. Like you're literally taking control in that particular moment. And, you know, there's a part of our brain that says, if we're not rushing around and like working really hard and like, you know, giving all of our energy, then, you know, you have to do that in order to be successful, right? Like we have to do that as for validation, like only busy people succeed when, you know, or have to be productive when the, the reality is, you know, when you do take the time for yourself, you are equally as productive when you get just as much done, but in a very different way. It's in an energy renewing fashion, right? As opposed to an energy depleting fashion, which is why so many of us end up in, you know, high stress, overwhelm, burnout, because we're just depleting ourselves from the minute we get up in the morning. And most of us didn't get enough sleep because we're not getting good quality sleep to start with. So we're constantly go, 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 go. Like that was my life achieving, doing more productivity, busy, you know, fill every moment with something, blah, 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 blah. Now, you know, in the summertime, you might catch me, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning on my paddleboard in the middle of the lake in the summertime. And I'm just there, I'm just being. And I then when I come that. off the lake, I start work later than I ever have, but I get way more done in a day. Right. That's so true. Such a great reminder because we've bought into, we have bought into this narrative of like what you're saying, if just mm -hmm. do, 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 the more you do, the harder you work, the more successful you're going to be, the more productive you are, the more valuable you are instead. Of, and I think we need to detangle that whole narrative, recreate a new one, yeah. you know, if just saying, like what you just said, you know, I started my day paddling and it took longer than I thought, but I enjoyed it. I got so much pleasure out of it. Then now it's energy renewing and I'm coming in and what would have taken me five hours to get done with energy depleted is going to take me just one hour, you know, for example. Right. Well, and I think the important thing about it is learning to prioritize ourselves in there, right? Because in the product, the busy productivity mode, like most of the time we're not being busy for ourselves. We're being busy because of some other obligation, right? And learning to prioritize our own wants and needs in that. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm really tired and, you know, or, you know, I've just come through, like I had a death in the family or like whatever it might be, right? And like looking at your to-do list and saying, you know what, I'm going to really prioritize some space for me today because that's what I need. And so I'm going to cut my to-do list from six things down to two things. Like these are the two things that must get done and be okay with creating space for yourself. Because I mean, I call myself, and I still to this day, like I'm a recovering, recovering productivity junkie, right? Like an addict. Like there are days where I'm like, oh, did I do enough? Like, was I productive enough? And when I catch myself in that line of thinking, I'm like, whoa, sister, like you got to dial it right back because your value is not in how busy you are. Like that's not it at all. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's, but how do you, I mean, I think it's, it's hard and there's so many pieces. Maybe we should have a second podcast record with this because <laughs> yeah. there's so much to, it's so juicy, you know, just this whole topic. What would you say for the busy people that 
don't have the time. And it might be just a cop out subconsciously. Now, I don't think that yes. they're sitting down consciously like, oh, I don't have that. Like they really feel that they don't have the time, you know, because they're busy moms, they're running around, they're trying to run a business or they have a very demanding job. You know, maybe their husbands or spouses aren't helping as much as they would like at home, whatever, fill in the blank. What would you suggest to them to carve out the time, because sometimes I feel like it might be a cop-out in the sense of, I don't want to confront my emotions. Like what happened to you in that yoga class? You know, it's like, you know what? It's better to keep on being busy, you know, and being it because here's what it's all about. It's fear. We're being confronted with fear in some way, shape or form. And we're either choosing fight, flight or freeze, you know? And so the freeze are the people that are just like not, you know, like I can't do anything. And it might be like someone that's gone into depression or, you know, like I'm just tapped out, you know, like I just don't know how to cope with life right now. But for those that are the busy ones and that, you know, put the badge on themselves of being productive, being efficient, doing, you know, like all these things, look how busy I am, which is by the way, is a title that I've let go. My husband told me he didn't call me this morning. He's like, I didn't call you because I thought you'd be busy. And I said, we're going to stop that right now. I'm dropping that identity. I don't want that identity of busyness. And I don't want you to perceive me that way. And I don't want to take it on. And the reason why I asked, so going back to that question, I feel like a lot of people that are busy are in that flight mode or fight mode, either one of the two choose. And they just don't want to confront their emotions because a lot might be bubbling out. You know, like, what would you suggest to someone like that? Because it's like, you know, if I have to choose between crying my eyes out because I'm so depressed because I'm married to the wrong person, I don't like my job, I don't like my work, I don't feel like I matter, I'd rather stay here than having to confront all of this because that is way too scary for me. What do you say to someone that's in that situation? Yeah, I have a lot to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Here's we'll have to create the, another podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the first thing I ask people is, are you happy with the way you're living right now? Is it working for you? And like 99% of the time, they'll be like, no, you know, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to live like this anymore. And then I'm like, okay, well, first of all, we are the creators of our lives. We made the decisions that got us to this point. Like it's a little bit of tough love, but it was something mm-hmm. that like for myself, it was really important. And when I recognized that, like, if I want my life to be different, then I have to show up differently in it. Like repeating the same thing and expecting a different outcome. What is that? They say the definition of insanity, right? And so at some point you have to take responsibility for what's showing up in your life because you created it, right? Like you made the decisions along the way. And sometimes that's hard for people to hear. Yeah. Right. And so if you want things to be different, then you have to show up differently. And so carving out, like starting by carving out five or 10 minutes for yourself, like there are absolutely five or 10 minutes in every single person's day. I guarantee Mm -hmm. it. If you have to go into the closet and sit on the floor in order to hide from people, you can find those 10 minutes, take your journal and go in there and like, you know, sit, breathe, write, like do whatever it is, but you can find those 10 minutes. And though it's probably the most important thing that we can do for ourselves, right? 
the world is not going to fall apart if you don't do that particular thing right now, unless somebody's on fire, which is not usually the case. (laughs) But like, so we have to take ownership, right? And say, okay, I'm going to show up differently. And here's how I'm going to start. It doesn't need to be big and drastic. It doesn't mean you have to leave your husband, run away from your children, you know, go on a desert island, right? Start by taking five minutes or 10 minutes at a time and like tune into yourself right? Because the answers to every question we have are inside of us. So it's like, why am I feeling responsible to take care of everything in the house? Right? Like, why don't I say, hey, husband, kids, like, I'm divvying up the chore list, here you go. And if the chores don't get done, the chores don't get done. But why do I feel the need to take it off? And so take it on. And so there's a bit of self inquiry, and a bit of accountability needed on us to say that, you know what, I'm going to do things differently, and how I'm going to start doing things differently is you know carving out the time for myself. And the other thing I tell people too, especially to women, is like, what makes you happy? Like, what are those things that you do where you could just like lose time, right? Like that just like fill you up from the inside, right? Like find those things and incorporate like 10 minutes of that into your day. Because when we, most of us are depleted and we're in this state of overwhelm because we're just giving, 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 and we're never filling our own cup. So spending those 10 minutes with our, you know, during our day or like carving out, like, I really want to go for a 10 minute walk in the morning, go for a 10 minute walk, right? Start finding small ways to replenish because, and what happens over time, and you just alluded to this is right. Like after a while, you're like, I need to do this, right? Like it's no longer like I'm choosing to do this. It's like, I know I need to do this, right? It becomes like an absolutely non-negotiable in your day. Right. And then, you know, usually that practice expands and you start to recognize things about yourself like, oh, you know what? I really hate the fact that I go to book club on Wednesdays. I don't like those people. You're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to go to book club anymore. But we get caught in this sense of duty and obligation. And we just like keep going, keep going, keep going without actually checking in. Like, is it making me happy? Like, is this what I want to be doing? Right. And, And, you know, in a lot of cases, sometimes we have to like put up boundaries around things. I'm no longer was, going to tolerate this. <laughs> I was just going to ask you about that because it sounded like in order to do some of these things, we have to become aware of a boundary setting. You know, how do we set those boundaries as well as asking for help and support? Yes. Like you're saying, you know, whether it's support in your business, whether it's support in the family, you know, with the kids, like I said, my husband's not here right now. He hasn't been here for three weeks and I'm feeling supported by the community, you know, friends reaching out. Like my daughter has a play date, you know, like they invited her to a thing and they're like, Oh, we can pick her up from school. Like in a way it was nice that they asked me because it's easier when someone offers it. But also strengthening, especially for women, strengthening that muscle of asking for help and support, whether it's small or big, like, can you take my kid for an hour? Because I need to go for that walk, you know, or asking the spouse to, you know, can you put the kids to bed tonight? Because I just, I don't have it in me, you know, like I'm just, I'm exhausted. So I'm glad that you alluded to boundaries because I think that's an important one to focus on too. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of what we have to do when we get into this chapter of life is to unlearn lots of ways to learn before. Right. And so like the idea of being a productivity junkie and, you know, that my value is in how productive I am. Like, 
I'm unlearning that. I'm still unlearning that. I've been working on that for years, but it like crops up every once in a while. And like, luckily now I'm aware of it and I can be like, oh, I see you sneaky little thing, right? Like, no, we're not listening, right? But like unlearning ways of being so that we can tune into ourselves because being guided by our intuition, like you just mentioned in this chapter of our lives is so critically important. You know, in Chinese medicine, and I am not a Chinese medicine expert by any stretch of the imagination, but in Chinese medicine, there's this energy flow through the body called the Chang Meridian, right? And during our reproductive years, it flows down through the body, downwards, towards our reproductive organs, because like, that's what, that's what we're doing at that point. You know, we're having families and stuff. When we reach our menopausal years, the Chang Meridian, so this energy flow through the body actually comes up and comes mm-hmm. out through the eyes so that a woman can share her gifts with the world. And that's what this chapter is about. It's about tuning in to like our inner value, like what's important to us, because those are the gifts that we're going to, we're going to share with the world. And, you know, we talked earlier about the Maven years, like when I first started on my journey, you know, every time people were talking about the crone, right. And it was like this old wizard woman sitting on the mountaintop spouting wisdom before she left the planet. And I was like, wait a minute when I look at those women, I'm like, okay, so she's like 85 or 90, right? I'm like, I'm only 50. So like, I'm not a crone yet. Like, you know what I mean? There's still like this whole chapter of life between me and the crone years. Like, and there's probably like 30 or God willing, 40 years. Like, am I literally just supposed to like sit around and do nothing and like wait for the end? And I was like, well, hello, there's so many more things that I want to do. There's so many more things I want to contribute, so many more things I want to experience. And this chapter of life is all about doing that. And the reason why I termed it the maven years is because this is the definition of a maven is an expert with knowledge and wisdom to share. So all of this wisdom and experience and knowledge that we have, this is where we now refocus it into what's true and important for us. And those are the gifts that we give to the world. And that's the legacy that you were talking about at the beginning. You yeah. know, that's great. Tell us a little bit as we're wrapping up, what do you think are, what do you consider are the best steps for getting ourselves unstuck? You know, for those mm. that are busy, that are stepping yeah. into this phase and you're like, oh, I feel stuck. I'm not quite sure, but this has resonated with me. Yeah. So I ha- on my website, I do have a free guide called Five Ways to Get Unstuck and Create Your Kick-Ass Next Chapter. The first one is about, you know, carving out, like we were just talking about, is carving out time for yourself, like getting to know who you are. The second one is to check your stories. We all have stories, fears, and limiting beliefs about what we can and can't do, what we think is possible for us. Oh, I can't do that because I'm not a writer. Oh, I'm not smart enough for that. Oh, I'm too old for this check your stories. 99 times out of 10, they're not true, right? The third one is dare to dream, right? Like we used to dream when we were kids, we would daydream about like what was, you know, possible for us and how many kids we were going to have and what's our husband going to look like and all of these great things. But our daydreams never kind of talked about our next chapter. It like kind of ended after we had three kids and a white picket fence, right? So dream, like what is it that feels exciting to you? Like create a visualization of it, right? And then, you know, like, like fears and doubts are going to come up. They're human, right? I was just going to ask you about that part, but I was like, let her finish her five steps. Yeah. Fears and doubts are going to come up. They're normal. They're human, but they're also not truth. So like, 
when you can see them for what they are, right? You can learn, like fears and doubts never actually go away. Like I've been like navigating through fear for a long time now and it still comes up. But what I have learned is it doesn't have to stop me. Like actually launching something new in my business right now. And there are days where I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it. But I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can, right? And it's like that ego part of our brain that wants to keep us safe and small, right? Is like stepping in and screaming at us, right? But you don't have to listen to it. And the last part about this is, is you don't have to do it alone, right? So find a friend, find a mastermind group, like a free Facebook group, a community, a coach, like whatever it is, right? To hold mm-hmm. your hand through this, because we were never meant to do this alone, especially as women, like we're hunters and gatherers, we're all about community, right? And so like, I know, for example, that I would not be where I was today if I hadn't surrounded myself with people who got it, people who could hold my belief for me on the days when I couldn't do it. People who would reflect back to me, you know, my strengths and, you know, everything that I have, right? Like you need people like that in your corner and people who will hold you accountable to say, hey, Jen, you know what? You're not operating at your best right now. You've got so much better than that. So finding yourself community, like-minded community is so incredibly important. So you can share your fears so that you can see them for what they are. And that can help, you know, like I said, support you as you're moving forward. Wow, Jennifer, that you're, you're just oozing power coming out of you. I love it. You, you, I can feel it just across our screen, you know, like, it's just amazing. I love my soapbox today. (laughs) No, but this is awesome. You could, it's definitely coming through for you, you know, and I appreciate it because I know anyone that's listening right now is going to get so many powerful golden nuggets from this. You know, it's just like, this could be the moment that that transformation just happens for them. Like they'll go back and be like, I remember listening to that podcast. And when Jennifer was talking about this stuff, you know, so thank you for that. Like I said, we should do a second one so that we can go deeper in this, but As we're wrapping up, where can people find you? So you can find me on social media at Old Chicks No Shit, like on Facebook and Instagram. And then my website is oldchicksnoshit.com. And you can find the free guide on five ways to get unstuck. It goes into a lot more detail than what I just covered, but there's a guide there of five ways to get unstuck and create your kick-ass next chapter. So you can download that. Yeah. And oh, and I also have a free Facebook community under the same name. That's great. We'll put that in the notes too, in the show notes. And as we're wrapping up, what would be three pearls of wisdom that you can leave our listeners with? Mm, I think this is going to be a summary of what we talked about. So first of all is carve out time for yourself, like prioritize yourself and your wants and your needs, because your dreams and desires are not random. Like they're with you for a reason and they are parts of you that are wanting to be expressed. So honor them. So next time you catch yourself with a dream or desire and you know, you go, oh, that's silly, you know, or, oh, that's not possible. Like just stop for a second and honor it, right? Like, because it's part of something inside of you is making you want that thing. So get curious about it. And, and, you know, like we talked about carving out time just to spend time with yourself and to see what you need and to honor yourself exactly where you're at in that particular moment in that day, I think is so incredible, so incredibly important. And it's also the space when we carve out that time for ourselves is also the space where we can hear our inner voice, where we can 
tap into our intuition, because that is going to be what is going to lead us forward into the passion, the purpose, and the fulfillment that we're looking for in the second chapter of our lives. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, Jennifer. That's just brilliant. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Can't wait back go, to go back and listen to everything we talked about because there was just so much in there. So thank you so much for your wisdom, for your time and for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. I am so grateful that you joined me today. If you enjoyed it, there's one thing I'd like you to do. Click on the follow button so you don't miss a single episode. Leave me a rating and a review and please share. As my way to thank you, email us a screen grab of your review at the email in the show notes and we will send you a free Crafting Your Future guided visualization, which is so simple to do with outstanding results. It will empower you and give you the confidence to attract and create the life you've always desired. See you in our next episode.